Big Fluff. If you have a milkshake, and I have a milkshake, and I have a straw, there it is. That's a straw, you see. Watching. My straw reaches across the room and starts to drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Don't bully me, Daniel. <laughs> again i'm joel murphy this is hobo radio and with me lars periwinkle how's it going what's up money what's up man nothing man what's going on with you what are we doing well you know it's, it's funny like it feels like this time of year we always do something and you know yeah, we're both getting yeah. older so it's harder to remember <laughs> but that i was hoping <laughs> you remembered no i um you know what I do remember. Um, can I ask you a question? <laughs> I don't have the music queued up, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Are you all ready for this? I am. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Do you want to introduce the other two people? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, uh, with us today are our two regulars for our, um, our tournament whose name that I do not recall because it's very long and has gotten longer over the years um is uh our old friend uh andy mcintyre hi andy hey lars hey joel hey nice to see you it's the and, um, uh, mabel memorial hobo madness tournament thanks andy actually that's not a, that's, that's actually not as long as i thought it was well there's that's the general name for the tournament but we haven't said what the specific one this year is we'll get to that in a second you should finish introducing everyone and then word and yeah. um and to uh, uh, fin finish out our panel here is um, uh, it, it, it's, it's Molly. Hi, Molly. Hi, Lars. Hi, Joel. No hi to Andy? Hi, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I know why I didn't get a hello. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I deserved it. You know what you did. You know what's yeah. great about this tournament is I get to see people that I never get to see the rest of the year, like Molly and Andy. And <laughs> <laughs> Joel, it's been so long. <laughs> Uh, Andy and Lars can actually see that we're one room apart as we're recording. This. <laughs> it was wild. It was yeah. wild. You can actually Molly see. You can like, see Molly in the back. And was like, I gotta, I gotta show Joel something. And then she walked into your screen. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Here's the crazy part. Lars and I also one room apart. Yeah. 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 Surprise! I can, smell, I can smell his his high karate from the other room. It's incredible. <laughs> All right, well... You know I'm a cool water man. Man, cool water. If you didn't yeah. have cool water in high school, you weren't anything. 
<laughs> Are you serious? I thought it was Dracar Noir. What high school did you go to? <laughs> the same one. You know what? Good call. It was it was actually CK1 if we're all being. There you go. No, I think Cool Water was the affordable one, but then yeah, the 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 coolest yep. cool people. Yeah. And rounding out our panel today is um is Marlon. He likes to bite things. He's very dumb and he's got one eyeball. Awesome. <laughs> That's good. He good we'll need him for the tiebreakers. So, <laughs> okay. So sure. you keep him Marlon and I have so much in common. <laughs> Andy, you have both eyes. But you do like to bite things. <laughs> and People also, Marlon, Marlon really dislikes me, so there's that. Oh, so like he and I have something in common. <laughs> Can I ask you all a, quest a question real quick? Sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Y'all ready for this? We come to this place for nerd talk. We come to Hobo Radio to laugh, to cry, to have something to listen to while we're doing dishes. Because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when March rolls around. And we get a new tournament we've never had before. Not just entertained, but vehemently divided. Together heated debates on a free podcast app fights i can feel somehow ad hominem attacks feel good in a place like this our winners feel like the best choices and our reasons for choosing them are perfect and powerful because here they are on the mabel memorial hobo madness there can only be one director tournament Yeah, I, I knew Hot it was, voice. man, I just couldn't, what a, what a specific reference to a very specific fallacy that is always committed in this tournament. <laughs> I thought you were saying it was a specific reference to parody the AMC Nicole Kidman commercials, but you know. <laughs> no, you just don't hear like ad hominem dr dropped into a burn so often. I mean, you don't, idiot. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. And, and you're fair. stupid for saying it. Yeah. Christ almighty. The truth. <laughs> Fucking truth. <laughs> All right. Well, if people caught it there, that was the actual full name of the tournament, which is uh, the Mabel Memorial Hobo Madness. There can only be one director tournament mm -hmm. because we have selected 16 directors with extensive catalogs. And we randomly seated them against each other with the goal that we will crown one the champ but that would be easy enough because but what we don't want to do is allow ourselves to lie because it's easy to sit there and pretend like you're a very highbrow fancy person 
who loves great directors. But here's the thing. Whichever director we pick, the other director, their film catalog, destroyed. Erased from history. Erased from history. It never existed. So to not pick them means just every DVD, every film negative, just big flaming pile, burned, gone, never existed. Back to the future. New timeline. We never got Star Wars. <laughs> George Lucas didn't make the cut. Don't worry. He didn't. He actually didn't make the cut. It, Is that like, why he didn't make the cut? It no. wasn't really. It was because when you look at his filmography, he's only direct. He's directed like less than 20 things. And of those 20 things, like 14 of them were shorts, including like um, deleted scene things. Mm. Um and then no, of the things like that the, were left, it was like, it was the prequels. He's done and four Star Wars movies, and, Red Tails, THX 1138, and uh, American, American Graffiti. Graffiti. Yeah, that's pretty much it, man. That's pretty yeah. much it. Although I will say one of the directors you picked also has a very sparse filmography, but I, I get why she made the list. Ones. Yeah, well, I will, I will say like, Joel, Joel and I, I think at the end of our conversation, I even told Murphy like, so this will be the last time we agree in this tournament, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, like we, we had a good back and forth about like what, like people who, people who made, who have a huge filmography that didn't make the cut, people who ha who were great directors, but had a short filmography made the cut. There's going to be some, probably some noticeable admissions, um, or, um, not, ad what's the, what's the opposite omissions. of admissions? Omissions. But thank you. Yeah. Uh, um, omissions. And it was because like, look, look, yes, Ron Howard does have an. A good body of work. He, we were never going to let him win, so <laughs> he's also, not going to be in the tournament. Also, Ron Howard has a good body. You can just full stop right yeah, there. End a sentence. Yeah. No, I, uh, and, does, and I think it's important to, you know, disclaim this by saying this isn't. These aren't the sixteen best filmmakers of all time. Nah. This is is you know this is a collection of sixteen directors that will foster spirited debate and ad hominem attacks against Lars. Yeah, and yeah, also, the greatest director of all time is Kurosawa, and he's not on the list, so... Yes. <laughs> so right. Yes. I think... I, did you put Kurosawa on your list? Because I did yeah. as well, and I thought, he, like, this... He's too good for this tournament. Right. The very first version of my list, which had, like, I think 30-some <laughs> directors on uh -huh. it, which yeah. we got down to 16, definitely had Kurosawa. But, yeah, I think that was kind of the point, and I think the reason that we're destroying the filmography of the other director is, like... I can say that, and I mean that. I think Kurosawa is the best director, but That's also probably right. But also, yeah, yeah. if if you're looking at this, that I could only watch one film catalog for the rest of my life, it's probably not going to be his. You know, yeah. that's also very true. Yeah. yeah. So plus, you can just watch a bunch of Western movies that ripped off the stuff that he did. Yep. So, and some of those are probably <laughs> in this tournament for sure. So, yes, yes. Yep. he he sh he kind of he shaped film as we know it. There is no like there isn't this tournament. There probably isn't this podcast without akira kurosawa so yeah you can blame him and one one final disclaimer before we jump into this which is and i noticed it and i don't think anyone's ever pointed this out before but i think i caught this in large maybe you noticed this as we we're going through the list a lot of directors uh that have large filmographies that felt right for this tournament are white men and i just like it's a weird Shocking. thing it's a weird thing and i'm starting to think that hollywood might have an issue where they should do something about that so I've never noticed. Yeah. <laughs> and she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So all of, that being said, all of that being said, we got 16 directors and our first matchup and all subsequent matchups are brutal. But we are starting with the Coen brothers 
versus Alfred Hitchcock. And uh, I did this just to further infuriate all of us. Uh, I want it because we're, I'm sure we're going to get into all the specific films of all the directors, but at least as a starting point for the audience, not so much with either of these, because I feel like people are familiar with them, but maybe some of these directors, if you're not familiar with the catalog, I picked the five movies that letterboxed viewers rated the highest of their filmography, which was infuriating in some cases. We'll get to that. But according to Letterboxd, <laughs> the five best Coen Brothers movies are No Country for Old Men, Fargo, Big Lebowski, Inside Lewin Davis, and Barton Fink, which is not bad, actually. That's not bad. That's I interesting. Mean, you could include some other movies there. Like, I love Raising Arizona. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Blood Simple is great. I don't know if it's top five, but it's great. Yeah, I wouldn't put it above the. But yeah, it's it weird is that good. no brother where art thou or yeah. oh brother where yeah. art thou? Well, then no probably... oh brother where? Yeah, <laughs> no brother where art thou? Yeah, um, where art thou? Oh brother where art thou? Right. Uh, also, I love Hudsucker Proxy, but I just want to put that out there. Yeah, and then uh, even like Hitchcock's gonna upset some people. I can tell you already. Uh, but Rear Window, Psycho, Vertigo, North by Northwest, and then Rebecca. Rebecca's great. Okay, well, it's Rebecca the, is Rebecca is really good. Best Picture winner, I think. What, yeah, and it's it, it's the only Hitchcock movie to win Best Picture. Yeah, he that, has a lot of Rebecca. other great ones that could have been included, but all right, there so we the, are. So those are just some of the movies that will cease to exist by the end of this round, depending on who we pick. But now Rebecca is great. If you're going to ask me, do you want to watch Rebecca or The Birds? I'm gonna watch The Birds. I'm going to watch To Catch a Thief probably before either of them. That wasn't a choice, Andy. It wasn't a choice. But that wasn't included. Make, and that's you, a can't great make a, you can't just like make up a third thing. I'd watch Rope. Do you well, want to, I, do Rope you want my favorite Hitchcock movie. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, that's real. That's cool. Uh, that's so cool. I, I just have to ask a clarifying question. Are we choosing whose filmography we'd rather watch or whose filmography we'd be more okay being erased from existence? Oh. <laughs> um I'd say it's up to you to interpret, you know. Okay. Yeah. I I, I that don't might be different answers for different directors. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, that's also why <laughs> one of the people that uh didn't make the cut, uh, which I know Lars, you said that you were a big fan of, uh, was um I'm padding because why am I blanking on his name right as I was about to say it? Uh, but it was the one of the last cuts that we made because uh, was it uh, was it Bong Joon Ho? No, 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 Bong Joon Ho, uh, okay. who is amazing. Okay. But no, it's um, what's his name that did the the Twilight Zone movie? Oh, oh John, uh, Landis. John Landis. John Landis. Yeah, John Landis, who has a great filmography, but who I yeah. personally want all of his <laughs> collective work to be burnt because I think <laughs> it's for the greater good. Fair. <laughs> See you yeah. next Wednesday. Anyway. <laughs> all right. I'll so. say personally, of all of the, the work in the collective catalogs, The Big Lebowski is the movie that I want to have to watch repeatedly. I think that's a great po starting point that, yeah, The Big Lebowski is one of the most rewatchable films I, of all I time. I watched it last night. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is a great movie to just put on. You know, like just while you're doing whatever. So it's no, I, it, many a party think, that I've been at has just had the Big Lebowski on. Like in terms of rewatchability, I think the Cohen's filmography outstrips Hitchcock. I think if I was pressed to pick which one I think is a better film has a better filmography, I'd probably go Hitchcock. 
but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out hot, and I'm gonna cast my vote for the Coens to advance and oh, Hitchcock to get erased. I like it. I like it. I feel like Hitchcock would appreciate being like the surprise of say uh, that he was metaphorically his films were in a shower and all of us snuck up on him and destroyed it. I feel like Tippi Hedren would be happy. Tippi Hedren. There's a lot of Hitchcock blondes that would probably be real okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I think that's why this, this matchup is interesting because um, the Coens are notorious for not letting their their women be abused on screen. You're not you're not going to see a woman in a Coen Brothers movie when she has to die. You're not going to see it happen on screen. You'll know it has happened, but you're not going to see it. And um, there was also some stuff that a lot of stuff that happened to a lot of Hitchcock's leading ladies that didn't happen on screen um, because he was a weird son of a bitch. So. Um, but just from a, a filmmaking point of view, yeah, I'm I'm watching these Coen Brothers movies all day. Like I, I of course we all love Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock, but these the, the the Coen Brothers, come on, I'm not living without these movies. Are you kidding me? I'm gonna live the rest of my life without seeing Raising Arizona. Boy, you got a panty on your head. <laughs> I also so I'm also gonna go Coens because then finally, if if it does get down to just them and they're the only movies left, I might finally watch the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which has just been sitting on my Netflix queue for a long time. <laughs> oh, it's great. Let me tell you something. That movie takes a dive, not in terms of quality, but tone. <laughs> yeah. All right. By the by the by the end of it, your heart's broken. Uh Molly, do you just want to officially weigh in? It sounds like the, you know, I mean, we've got three votes for Coen. Oh, if I didn't make it clear, I'm for Coen Brothers. I'm not losing Big Lebowski. Okay, yeah, you started with the Big Lebowski. Okay, so we're we're unanimous for the first one. We have to be, yes. And also because... It's the the right uh, choice for the rules of the contest. Yeah. I I live in the same town as friend of the show, uh, Pat Stork. And if I don't vote for Cohen's in the first round, then I will be stabbed. I will be stabbed by that little Irish. I, I vote prick. Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is fascinating that like I really thought that one was, like I wanted Cohen's. I thought that was going to be more contentious. Like I thought you two would be harder sells on it. But nope. Yeah. It's it's. Nah. I'm still probably going to watch a Hitchcock movie tonight in memoriam, even though they're erased. I can <laughs> I can watch Rear Window from any point to the end. At any point, I think it's a brilliant movie. When they played it Mar- at the Charles, Mary, I had never Mary, seen it. Come on, this window and look! Look uh, at this window, window Mary! Look out! <laughs> That's from that. Right? Is the the <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Next up, Millpool. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you say it like Jimmy Stewart? <laughs> Millpool. Millpool. And Helga. Oh my God! <laughs> Wait, that's it's a good Saint Swiven's Day already. That's a good question. Do we lose that episode of The Simpsons? Yep, gone. Yeah, it's gone. It never gone. happened. Mm. Yep. All right. There's a lot of Simpsons that's gone because Hitchcock's filmography is disappeared. There's a few Simpsons gone because the Coen Brothers leave too. So yeah. yeah. So, so they're here for now. Thirty year old. Yeah. All right. Next up, Penny Marshall versus Ridley Scott. Oh. And so once again, Letterbox. According to Letterbox, uh, Penny Marshall's five best films are *Awakening*, *A League of Their Own*, *Big*, *Riding in Cars with Boys*, and *The Preacher's Wife*. And really, yeah. Scott's best films are *Alien*, 
Blade Runner, Thelma and Louise, Gladiator, and The Last Duel, which is fascinating because I thought Letterboxd was used by millennials and he said they didn't watch The Last Duel. So very fascinating. I, I want to point out that Penny Marshall only has like two other movies to her filmography. That is yeah. pretty much her filmography. And but those uh, are, but those, are gi- those five are a giant five. Yeah, I mean, a league of their own and big alone. The the Tom Hanks of it all of her yeah. filmography. Yeah. Yeah. And, right, and I know like it was the mid '90s, and I had the and still probably do biggest crush on Drew Barrymore. So writing Cars with Boys was right right there for me when I needed it. <laughs> Yeah, here's the tough thing, right? I'm always up to watch Big. Mm-hmm. I can never think of a time where I'm like, you know what? I really want to watch a Ridley Scott movie. That's fair. I mean, I'm not a fan of Ridley Scott. I'm like, I lo- he has some great movies, but if I had to say fan, not a fan, I'm putting myself not a fan. I, I Ridley Scott Except is for Legend. Ridley Scott is fascinating because his filmography is actually very eclectic when you really think Incredibly, about it. Incredibly, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, look, like, I, you know, Alien. <laughs> like, Alien oh, I love Alien. Alien's yeah. great. Um, Gladiator is a movie that I saw a lot in the theater that hilariously Molly has never seen, but I I've ba- described yeah, the see, plot. See, this throws a wrench in the works because I am actively at this point not allowed to watch Gladiator for the sheer joke. Because it's funnier if she's never seen it and I've only ever described the plot of Gladiator to her. So that's the only way. That See, she's... there's a Gladiator. Go on. But no, but, but and that's like, it. Lars, to bring you into this, too, like, I have very fond memories of uh, the, what was it? I saw that movie like three times in the theater and you and I going to see Gladiator and me mouthing all the parts that were boring to you because like, like all yeah, the talking was, sentences. An, an, like an active um, fighting scene on screen, you would seriously lean over and go, blah, 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 yakety schmackety, blah, blah, blah. Which I stand by. See, I, I'm aware of Absolutely. this. <laughs> I've heard this a hundred times. I still am not allowed to see the movie. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I stand by that bit. Uh, also, it's a solid yeah, bit. I mean, it is worth notice, noting, too, that like Ridley Scott released two movies this year, which are, uh, well, within the last year, I mean, but that's The Last Duel and House of Gucci both came out. Right. <laughs> which House of Gucci is such a weird movie for Ridley Scott to have done. Well, he also does. He has like Matchstick Men is a Ridley Scott movie, and that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think it's weird that, like, I feel like Ridley Scott does not have a clear, defined style, so it's very easy to not know a movie was done by him. He did G.I. Jane. Also I'm just like, like, I like the diversity, too. You know what I mean? Like, when you, when, you lose a, when you lose a Ridley Scott, you don't just lose, like, science fiction filmography. Like, you're losing right. a, a lot more than that. Yeah, I mean, well, and Thelma and, and Louise. It's a lot we, bigger, too. We Thelma haven't is a great movie. Yeah, we haven't mentioned Thelma and Louise, which is, again, another Simpsons episode that we'd be losing if we lose. That's great. Uh, that's not fun. I didn't anticipate this. This is a good thing to track how many Simpsons episodes well, are going to be. So would you lose the softball episode because the uniforms were inspired by a league of their own? I think not we can thing. assume that, like, the timeline will correct. So, like, you're going to lose Marge on the Lamb because that's just Thelma and Louise. But, right. like, you know, uh, spoilers for, for something coming up. But, like, 
Uh, you know, if, for instance, the movie Cape Fear were to be erased, then, well, the Cape Fear episode of The Simpsons has Which to be Which won good. our Simpsons tournament. <laughs> that is a good thing to note. Yeah. It's the best episode right, of The so. Simpsons. So uh, then now that's in my head. Well, then wouldn't our whole Simpsons tournament like, that be would, altered? It would be all so many things. Finally, Bart versus Australia could win. So many things are going to change. So, yeah, we have. I, I also I mean, think about this. If it was only Ridley Scott, then we'd have so much more time to do new cuts of Blade Runner to see if we could make it watchable. And I think that's fun. I'm going to throw this out there and I feel like people what the are fuck probably was just said on the podcast that I co-host. <laughs> sorry, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Molly. It just it sounded to me like Joel was saying that Blade Runner was was unwatchable. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> other than Roy Batty's monologue in the third act. Yeah, I love Blade Runner, but it's not a good movie, though. Both of those things are true. That's why they've You're released talking about Blade Runner. Yeah, but, but I don't know. I don't know how to clarify more. The one with Harrison Ford. Yep. Yeah. That really that that really good movie that's fun to watch. That's you, the one you're talking about. Are you talking about the theatrical cut of it or one of the other 50 cuts of it that they've done to try to make I it better? I think I'm talking about the 1992 director's cut, which we all know is the best cut of the movie. <laughs> Do we? I don't I don't know what's happening on the show right now. <laughs> oh, well, we're not talking about one movie. Suffice yeah. it to say, yeah. um, what the fuck? So, yeah. So for sheer volume, you're getting a lot more with Ridley Scott. That's true. So I'm going to throw this out there. Um, is that aside from the fact that straight up, I cannot watch one of Ridley Scott's movies in this year alone. Ridley Scott has produced two of the most annoying press, uh, like media <clears throat> sensations of the year. One being his whole diatribe about millennials being the reason the last duel failed. Mm. And the other being uh lady gaga's whole like existence around house of gucci so if we took ridley scott off the list we wouldn't have to deal with those things it is worth mentioning that he put lady gaga and jared leto in a movie together which yeah. so the sheer yeah. temptation it to be able antagonistic. to but yeah the temptation to be able to destroy that movie is <laughs> It's enticing. It really is. <laughs> Although, honestly, some of the most unintentional humor of the past year has been Lady Gaga saying with all sincerity, well, I did a bunch of research and really, you know, worked with a lot of dialect coaches. You get the, Does everybody like the pizza? <laughs> <laughs> it's a me, a Mario. It's a me, Alta Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, there is that. I mean, look, we'd be losing Salma Hayek, like, jimming into the camera, sitting next to Lady Gaga as she talked about her process. So, there is a lot to consider, I think, for sure. Also, yeah, can I just... I think, I think just, like, quality by volume, Penny Marshall has him, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, she's done seven movies. Three, at least, are classics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, like... Sorry, Lars, I don't think Riding in Cars with the Boys is a classic, but it's no, also no. a really good movie. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, not, not a classic, but like... It but was, like, Awakenings, League of Their Own, and, was... and Big are classics. Yep. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Big got um, Tom Hanks' his first um, Oscar nomination, and it was for a comedy. 
which doesn't happen. And Ridley too Scott's often. made four thousand movies and also has three yeah. classics. <laughs> and that's what that's what I'm saying. Like totally. Like I don't I don't want to stop watching um, Alien or Blade yep. Runner. Um, but you know, get, given the choice between the two, I'll, I'm gonna. I mean, I would take Penny Marshall. That's just me. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Pe- I think Penny I Marshall. Penny Marshall is. <laughs> I felt like I a like how... church. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, we're all, yeah, everyone's saying Penny Marshall. Like, I think we're all. I mean, I came out of the top saying I'm not really a Ridley Scott fan, so. But like, I can mean, I just. Yeah, like, I, I have more to say about this um, this Blade Runner fiction. If, if we you guys are running across right yeah. now. If we, yeah, if we yeah, had no, time. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm just amazed that Joel has given up Gladiator. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like, but I also, since we're getting rid of uh, Ridley Scott, can we just, can I just take like one second to, to remind directors if they're listening, uh, you can cast people with different faces. Like if you want a face to look a certain way, there are so many actors and you can find an actor whose face looks the way you want it to. You don't have to put like Eddie Murphy prosthetics on Jared Leto in order to get him to look like the right. guy you want him to play. And Sean Penn. Yeah. Like Sean, like it's, a, and even at this movie, the Batman, which we, that was last week. We're not getting back into that, but like you, they did it with, uh, with the penguin in that movie. Like you can just cast people that look like the thing that you want them to look like. And there are literally billions of people in the world. Like yeah. you can at least 2 billion. Yeah. You can cast any number of different people. Yeah. All right. The next one's interesting. This is, well, it's Paul Thomas Anderson versus Spike Lee. (laughs) And uh, so again, according to Letterboxd, there will be blood, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Phantom Thread, and The Master versus uh, Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, Four Little Girls, Black Klansmen, and Crooklyn. Which Four Little Girls is a documentary. I had to remind myself what that was. Yeah. But, yeah. This is a tough call. Because I think on the whole, I enjoy Paul Thomas Anderson's movies. But I think that Spike Lee has made enough important movies that he's worth keeping around. And as much as I love the Paul Thomas Anderson filmography, like, if they disappeared, I don't know that I would have wondered like there's something missing in my life philip seymour hoffman doing a lot of drugs with joaquin phoenix you know that's where that's sort of but i haven't i haven't made a decision yet but that's the beginning of my thought process i think that's a good argument yeah i think it's worth noting that this we are four white people discussing this so i think that's an important i feel like caveat. people listening probably have figured that out by now i just yeah. think it's important Andy mcintyre to- molly regan joel murphy and lars periwinkle I just feel like cards on the table in case Paul Thomas Anderson gets picked. I just like we know like that's <laughs> just uh, just putting the cards on the table. But no, I, I mean, as a starting point, uh, you know, to pick just one single movie, like do the right thing is a goddamn it's masterpiece. A it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Do the right thing yeah. is incredible. It's yeah. incredible. And I also want to say like he I don't know, man, in the <clears throat> so like. This will probably come up later, so I'll just spill a little bit of tea right now. But I think, like in the in Spike Lee's filmography, if Spike Phil, Spike Lee's filmography is the movie Inglorious Bastards, Do the Right Thing is the first scene of that movie, and he has spent the rest of the, his career very much like Tarantino did with the rest of that film, trying to capture that 
that lightning in a bottle that is the very beginning. And I don't think he's ever really accomplished that, in my opinion. Crooklyn, Crooklyn was good. I didn't, like, Black Klansman was good for the first half. Um, I like Black Klansman as, as a Latter-day Spike Lee movie. Um, but he also was, has some movies okay. like 25th Hour that, that aren't very good. But and I I was. On, you know what? I'm, coming, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off the fence. I love he got, I can't live in a world where he got game doesn't exist. I'm I also, Spike Lee. I also will say I do like the 25th Hour. Like, I know it's not the best, but I still enjoy large swaths of that movie it's I, okay I but, uh, but also like at the end yeah but in, inside man is almost unwatchable aside from the the graphics and the opening like credits man. of that movie i know <laughs> I, I think really that's the thing don't is like, like that movie i like all of spike lee's films in general but like they there's often like one really big choice that there's, he'll make that's very distracting and kind of very jarring uh like directorial choices that he makes that like there's a a quote uh that from kevin conroy i think that joel you always bring up that's like as a director you never want to do anything that reminds people that they're watching a movie and he always does he always does yes and, and in fact like sometimes stops his movie to sort of almost like like metaphorically look at you the audience member to be like see what i'm saying and then shows mm -hmm, like news mm -hmm. footage of the real thing like he did at the end of black klansman which i did like Black Klansman, yeah. Uh, but yeah he like literally was like this is what this is about and it's like i know what it's about yeah like, you don't have to stop and tell me <laughs> which, like i even think like there's a that can work. I just don't necessarily think it always does in his movies. Like it's very jarring, um, and that it, like it just kind of takes you out of his movies. The Five Bloods is great. I really like yes. the Five Bloods. The Five yeah. Bloods is great. It's great. yeah, um, which is a great Chadwick Boseman performance too. Yeah, in that yeah. yeah, and Delroy Lindo. It's also it's worth noting while we're talking about all of this and speaking of the twenty fifth hour. That if we were to lose this, one of the things that we would lose is Isaiah Whitlock Jr.'s iconic she, which he says for the first time in 25th Hour, and he said in a number of Spike Lee movies, he also said uh, in The Wire. So we yeah. would be losing that. I'm just mentioning that as well. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, but I also, um, I mean, be, all we'd be losing, you know what else we're losing if we go on the other side? Uh, I drink your milkshake. No, I, I think that's because we've talked a lot about Spike Lee that There Will Be Blood is, is great. One of my it's favorite of, movies it, it, of all time. I, I think it's like it's definitely in my top 10, maybe my top five. I think it's one of the funniest goddamn movies it, I've ever seen is, in my life. It is. No, it is. It's ho it's a very. The scene where he beats the dude to death with a bowling pin. Hilarious. It is kind Jesus. of funny, actually. Like, I mean, it is, it is but actually pretty funny. It actually is pretty funny. He's like, like the, eating the chicken. The, how ang angry that man is is hilarious to me. He he, he puts it. He spent. He smears his face in the mud. He goes to his church and tells him he, he put on one hell of a goddamn show. I love that movie. I, I love. Oh, I like all of his movies, but I, I love Boogie that Nights. One. Yeah. It, uh, like I said, I don't want to live in a world where he got game doesn't exist. So I'm still voting for Spike Lee. Look, I can't, I can't live in a world without Daniel Plainview. That guy cracks me up. Like, I like both of their. I think I like PTA's filmography overall, anyways. So I have to put my my name in that hat. But Daniel Plainview alone, that man is so 
so angry for no reason that it makes me laugh hard for three hours. That's well, where we that's got where, that's where votes. I am. That's where I am. And look, I don't <clears throat> I really don't want to live in a world without do the right thing. But I, I think as far as he goes, like, I'm going to lose do the right thing. But I get to keep Paul Thomas Anderson filmography. That's just what I'm going to do. That's that's where I have landed. Molly yeah, looks I, like she's made a decision. Joel looks like he's really I, on the fence. I, have, I yeah, I I don't know what I'm doing. Well, <laughs> I have, but for me, what it it really comes down to, like I love both of their, and I haven't watched the entirety of either of their catalogs, but they both are really interesting filmmakers. They make really interesting choices. They make really complex films. I think the thing that tips it for me is that I always, I feel totally committed and in the movies when I watch Paul Thomas Anderson movies. And when I watch some of Spike Lee's movies, it's just those, those experimental choices that when they work, they work great, but sometimes they really do just pull me right out. And that little difference is I think what, that's what sends me to to Paul Thomas Anderson. I think that's, that's fair. Uh, uh, they've I also both directed I, a lot of music videos. I know that's what I was just. I literally yeah. was just. That's what I was kind of looking at because I was pretty sure this, and I wanted to double check. I just do want to give a shout out of a thing that I watched recently that is on HBO Max is the David Burns American so Utopia, good. and that's oh my fantastic. God, so good, and yeah, and Spike Lee made that, so like that oh, we cool. would also be losing that. Yeah, I loved like. And when the levees broke, the Katrina documentary is absolutely heartbreaking yeah, and is so really good. Yeah, I um, think that's what's oh. like. I do think there's a lot of documentaries that Spike Lee has made that, like, you know, we would be those Michael Jordan commercials in the for Nike in the early nineties. Yeah, I, I really don't know what to do. I just got to be honest. Like, I, I. Well, like, you can see what our figure out what our tiebreaker is, or you can just end it. <laughs> you know what? I think it's right. That I should vote Spike Lee so that we're tied because that feels right to me <laughs> that we should have to then figure this out because I, I think that it should be two to two. Like, I, I do think that's correct. But yeah, it is worth mentioning because you said music videos too. like uh, I know Paul Thomas Anderson, like he does all the like Hyam, like their videos and he does yeah. a lot of Fiona Apple videos. Fiona, Fiona Apple. Apple videos. Yeah. So there's a lot of good. Um. He is married to Maya Rudolph. And she right? still exists. I think Maya Rudolph, regardless of what happens, we don't lose Maya Rudolph. Okay, that's <laughs> we're good. not wiping people out of existence. <laughs> what about <laughs> their hold children? On, hold on. I think I have. <laughs> um, now it's made of it's made of Lego, so it might take a moment. But I do, I do have this <laughs> the Lego it. Infinity Gauntlet. That's fantastic. I have a Lego Infinity Gauntlet. That, uh, um, that Ethan gave to me if we need it. So we're tied. We are tied. So what is, what is the tiebreaker? I think it's the cat, right? That's what we just said. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Marlon. He pissed off. He pissed right the fuck off. Um, mm. Look, I, you, the thi you know what's really keeping me is I could go either way. I have a huge amount of respect for both of these directors. I... I <sighs> For me, Spike Lee, he starts and stops with Do the Right Thing. I think it's a perfect movie. And it was one of, if not his first movie, 
and that's a that's almost like a, a great mission statement for his career that film i think it's amazing and i would really like inside man to not exist i think it's a terrible movie you really <laughs> like it just and it, I, like it made me angry how bad it was because i like him as a filmmaker i'm like i fucking hate this movie i think it's stupid as shit um uh, my friend james actually called me after he watched it and said did you watch this movie i said yeah i just watched it and he goes yeah it's, it's fucking garbage right <laughs> I'm like it's it's a, it's really really terrible but those are two men's opinion um I actually, I actually don't know what to do in this situation. I actually don't know what to do. You know what? If you want, and this isn't a perfect system, but we could, we could go with who won an Oscar because only one of them did. No, they both won Oscar. Oh, has Paul Thomas Anderson never won an Oscar? Has he? I do not think so. As of this recording, I guess he has a chance <laughs> this year. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I like Boogie Nights, I think is another, um, it gets a little long, but it's a really great movie. Um, I love Magnolia. It's wildly imperfect, but I really love it. I do really like Magnolia. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that like, yeah. I, I just think Spike Lee's filmography is more important when you include the, uh, the documentaries include do the right thing. Um, I think like if you take it because Spike Lee is far more extensive than PTA. So if you go like the uh, um, the Penny Marshall argument, then PTA wins. But I'm still voting Spike Lee. Oh boy, I can't, Andy. I can't. I can't disagree with you. I don't think you're wrong. That's just and not I don't think what you're I. Wrong. That's not what I think. As much as like, I want to, I also think like um, I think they're both kind of. And the way they make movies, I think they're both self-aggrandizing in a certain way. I think Spike Lee does it with style and, and PTA does it with length of film. Like, like you, you, couldn't, you couldn't cut anything from this three hours? Probably not. Okay, I, I see where you're going. And the, the character studies they do, especially with, like, um, with a Black Klansman and with, a, um, uh, uh, with an inherent vice. Um, it's... I mean, I, I see what you're doing and you're not wrong. You're good at making movies and you want to show us that you're good at making movies. There's also a certain time in the film where you want to tell me in the movie that this is a good movie. <laughs> like, I get it. I get what you're doing. I think they both do that in their own certain way. I, I don't know how to make the coin land on this one. I really don't. I feel like I have two other things. One that's a persuading argument for me personally, and one that maybe, I don't know, will help. But because I, I feel like I'm staying with Spike Lee. I'm not budging. But uh, uh, Shocking that Joel is sticking with an opinion that he yeah, has. But, uh, but I want to say, one, obviously, it is very on the record that I love Denzel Washington. And the, the you get not one, but two fantastic Denzel Washington performances in the Spike Lee catalog. So... I think between Malcolm X and He Got Game, like they're both, they're great. So I don't want to lose. You get those. a really bad one though, in in Inside Man. I wasn't that counting was really Inside Man, Lawrence. I said two, <laughs> but, it, but it was a bad one. But do you want do you want to see Denzel doing a bad performance though? Uh, but I, but then the, the other thing is, I I don't know what kind of like leans it to me, which is not to say like obviously Paul Thomas Anderson loves movies, but like. One of the things that I really like about Spike Lee is that Spike Lee is such a fan of movies and that his movies often are a celebration of other movies. And he'll like put a lot of references and like, you know, a lot of homages 
to other movies. And so as we're burning the catalogs of all these other directors, I don't know. It's kind of nice <laughs> to keep this film history by keeping uh, his movies intact. Also, I will rewatch David Byrne's American Utopia. It was real good. I love I love I mean, I'm a big Talking Heads fan anyway, but I really love that. And I think it just shows that he he direct he directed the camera work for a stage show, which is inherently difficult to do and make it interesting. There's a reason theater is separate from film and film isn't just a still camera watching a play. Um, and. Yeah, it's you get some great Denzel, you get some great Sam Jackson, mm -hmm. you get some great John Turturro. You know, and you do get yeah, some great I, Daniel Plainview and some great John C. Riley. You, you know, get, so there's you get great, awful John Turturro, like the yeah. worst character that he's ever played, but oh, is super yeah, compellingly. Totally. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, and he played but, the but, Jesus. But you're like, <laughs> yes, eight year olds. I dude. think I think what uh, you know, PTA kind of like brought into the zeitgeist. Um, uh, your John C. Rileys, your Don Cheadles, you know, um, William H Macy. Who was who was who was there? But I was gonna say William H Macy existed prior to Paul Jerry Lundegaard. I mean, I mean, they all did. But you're losing a lot of Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> that, we're see, not that's, gonna get any more. That uh, is a pretty compelling argument. Is that I do love Philip Seymour Hoffman, and yeah, but you get him in Almost Famous. <laughs> uh, he's he play, he's playing on our heartstrings there, Murphy. I, I said, I, well, I, so I don't know. I don't think any of us are budging. I don't know what we're going to do. Well, I, it's like, I, it's not that I don't want to budge. I just don't, I just don't know what to do. They're both, um, I think they're both they're. You see them on paper next, you see their names next to each other and you think, well, they're, they're both incredible filmmakers, but don't have a lot in common. And the more I think about it, the more I think they're so, they're so similar in so many ways, especially under the criteria that we're using to determine who we're going to keep and, and who's going to go. So, so what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Molly, you've been quiet. Um, of, and like, you still I, are. <laughs> no, because I just went and looked through their, uh, their catalogs. And like, Spike Lee's directed close to triple what paul thomas anderson is directed like his, his the breadth of his work is i mean it's it's just a, huge um some of it really really great some of it not as much i'm a fan of what i'm a fan of yeah but i, I don't know i like i said for me it just comes down to the matter of like I really appreciate when a director wants to make a really experimental choice, but when those choices just completely remove me from the movie, it it really bothers me. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some moments when Spike Lee lacks subtlety. Yeah, and like, and again, like if I'm just watching the movie, I can just sit there and go, "Oh, okay." But like when we're taking, you know, doing this highly you know, serious competition. <laughs> These are the things I consider where I'm like, I, I don't feel that way when I watch Paul Thomas Anderson's work. It's a director. I feel very like I have to 
I'm choosing to commit to watch his movies because it is a commitment. But when I sit down to watch his movies, I'm fully immersed in the world. I don't feel taken out of that world at any point. Um, and that's kind of the really great thing for me when I sit down to watch any of his movies is I am really drawn in. I'm fully there. And that's crazy because I was totally leaning towards Spike Lee before Molly started talking. And I'm like, nope. damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I also, I'm, back, I'm back. But like, she's right. That's, she put into words what I could not. That was perfect. I also really and Joel can attest to this. That's a really hard thing to do for me when watching a movie. Um, so if you can grab me and really get me it like just pulled in, not without distractions, that is a fucking talent. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Fiona Apple. I love uh, like the videos that he's directed. Like it would like doing something like the video he did for Paper Bag, which is this amazing like well, the song would still be there. Yeah, but the vi- um the video is <laughs> the diff- like he can take something like the video uh which is in, I think it's like Grand Central Station where you know it's this great like you know uh like it turns into this ballroom dance and every what kind of flash mob thing. And it's this, you know, very specific setup to a really intimate, like almost beauty shot for um, Hot Knife. That's just really close up. Like he can do a, a va- like really different kind of setups. I just I really love his work. I really, really grabs me like it's I just. Yeah. So I, I think what solidifies the decision for me is if you just look at recent work, uh, I've gone out of my way or have really made a point to see Black Klansman, The Five Bloods, the David Byrne thing. Uh, I actually think The Master was the last PTA movie I watched. Like, I didn't see Phantom Thread. I really want to see Licorice Pizza. I just haven't. Um, Forgot Inherent Vice existed. <laughs> Uh, you know, so so for I think that just solidifies Spike Lee for me mm-hmm. is that that he's has work that I've I've sought out and um have not done so for PTA, but uh, I mean, there's great arguments and I don't know how to settle this. So Joel, okay, okay, I can I can I can settle it. I can settle. <clears throat> this is this is not. I said Joel. This is not, okay, my bad. <laughs> no, go ahead, Lars. I'm, I'm I like you. <laughs> Delroy Lindo. I don't know. I thought I was supposed to go. <laughs> Boom. Um, I really, I really think like, um, I think they're so evenly matched in such different ways. I think, I think it's actually a really beautiful thing. I actually like the, the discussion we had. That's all great. Honestly, um, shit, man. Like, do the right thing is so fucking good. Like, so good. Do the right thing with saying saying shit that we're saying now about race relations in America way before anyone was even talking about them. And they were saying it in a pretty sophisticated way, but still made a like a fun, cool movie that had like boobs in it and stuff. I think it's just great. I, I it's on my it, it when anyone whenever someone asks me, what do you think what a perfect movie is it's on that list like th- i have no problem with do the right thing do the right thing just did it it just did it front to back did the so, right thing um if the if the 
<laughs> if the um tie has to be broken, I think that's what's going to do it for me. That's fair. All right. Yeah, I this is such a hard. This might yeah. be the hardest one. <laughs> Yeah, and I like yeah. it. Does like we're it's settled. I wrote Spike Lee, so I it's locked in mm-hmm. for what I'm about to say. <laughs> but like, it does break my heart to lose. There will be blood. It does break my heart to lose Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's, uh, you know, I love Tom Cruise. So we're that like Magnolia is sincerely one of his. <laughs> like, That's one of the that that yeah. monologue is so effing good. Yeah, so really it's good. you know like there's a lot of good stuff being lost. Uh, uh yeah, so, but yeah, I, but we got to make those tough decisions. That's why we're here. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to get easier. So <laughs> that's right. true. I'm yeah. glad this is my week. <laughs> uh, me too. I'm I'm out next week. So this is my so, oh shit, bro. You out next week? <laughs> oh, <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Next up. Catherine Bigelow versus Rob Reiner. And so we get, according to Letterboxd, Point Break, her best. I love that Point Break is the highest rated Catherine Bigelow movie. Thank you, Letterboxd. (laughs) Uh, Hurt Locker, Strange Days, Detroit, and Zero Dark Thirty uh, versus. And this is the thing with Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner is such a sleeper in this tournament. Stand by me, the princess bride. When Harry met Sally, this is Spinal Tap misery. Well, shit. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know what's funny? I was waiting for you to say it, but it didn't come up because he's Rob Reiner, such a monster. Um, a few good men is also a Rob Reiner, which, which a few, maybe that's a good point too, because yeah, all of those movies which are great. A few good men for many, many years was my favorite movie of all time. Like I, no love- shit, I didn't know that, man. Yep. Yeah. So like- s- since I don't think this is going to be as hard a debate as the last time. <laughs> I want to go on record and say that I absolutely love Zero Dark Thirty. I think it's great. Yeah. I think that uh, the raid scene at the end is as good a tension, tensely directed action scene as has been in recent cinema. Um, Point Break is iconic. Yeah. And uh, it's sad that Point Break Live won't exist when her filmography is inevitably <laughs> removed because uh, it's the greatest idea for a show ever where they have actors uh, have rehearsed all of the other parts and they pick someone from the audience to cold read Keanu Reeves lines. Uh, um, you also. Oh, oh, no, go ahead, Molly. I was just yeah. going to say that while Rob Reiner directed one of the greatest fairy tales of all time, uh, Catherine Bigelow got to live one of the greatest. That is true. Of all time. You know what? Which was being yeah. able to uh, upstage her ex-husband, James Cameron. You know what? Academy Awards. (laughs) You know what? That is such an important point that if we lose Catherine Bigelow, that means that we lose the moment where I'm the king of the world, James. Where she took his his presumed Academy Award. Where he lost for Avatar and she won. That's a great (sighs) point. Uh, Also, uh, because, yeah, Andy, you did a really good job uh, talking about a lot of the other films, but you didn't specifically mention The Hurt Locker, which is actually my favorite of her movies. Like, that's I think that I think that is actually her best movie and it's great. Yeah, which because I think The Hurt Locker is great from start to finish. Also, like you're saying with Zero Dark Thirty, the tension. Uh, but I also just and Jessica Chastain is my favorite actress and I love her. But uh, but one, she's the only person who's ever used Jeremy Renner effectively until they just made that Hawkeye TV show. So it's just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like I always think of that last scene where he's in the grocery store 
And okay, it, I want to point out that Ben Affleck in the town used Jeremy yes. Renner very well. You know what? I'm sorry. You're right. You know I love Ben Affleck. That is an oversight. It's only ever been him, Catherine Bigelow, and uh was it like the show Hawkeye. The show Hawkeye. I've really We're been saying it. some wild stuff on this show right now. I know uh, it's not what this show's about, but there's some wild I'm writing all this down. But, I'm uh, forget. but no, the hurt locker. No, you're not. <laughs> Also, I know, it's I'm, being trying to it. I'm trying uh, to open this beer with a, with a plug. A uh, bottle opener. I also think it's worth mentioning, since we've said all that, that I have not seen Detroit. Like, much like Andy admitted in the last round that you haven't caught the last few Paul Thomas Andersons, I didn't get around to watching yeah, that you one. you have. So. Isn't it that Tim Robinson, Sam Richardson show? You know that's what? That's the Detroiters. <laughs> that's, that's true. It is great. So Detroit is a movie Catherine Bigelow made that's about Tim Robinson <laughs> and Sam Richardson and their ad, like, they run an ad agency. Oh. <laughs> and Kevin Nash plays. Tim Robinson's dead. It's great. Beautifully directed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So all of that. But yeah, I mean, it is. It's, Rob Reiner wins, though. Rob Reiner has a murderer's row of like just okay. just very ridiculous. perfect. Yeah. I mean, again, we said like the five that yeah. made the cut are all classics. Stand by me. The Princess Bride. When Harry Met Sally. This is Spinal Tap. Misery. Like we said, also a few good men. I that mean, didn't that's, include a few good men. Yeah, which he. That's the one that won Best Picture. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's truly like wild. Just how good his film because he doesn't usually get talked about in like the best director. Also, conversation. I'll just point this out: if we get rid of Rob Reiner, then we get rid of The Princess Bride. And I might not be here because my parents went and saw that movie when they were dating. So consider that. You're young. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I will say that he does, like, all of that being said, we, we should Bigelow. admit that there are some clunkers in the Rob Reiner director filmography, like The Bucket List. <laughs> Wolf. And then, like, things that I haven't even heard of that I don't even know what And So It Goes is that has Michael Douglas like in the poster there's there's a number that i of these that i don't recognize we i know one that people like that i don't have a strong opinion on is the uh, the american president oh yeah 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 good movie that's a that's a, that's movie, a good movie but, uh, but i think um, like yeah it man, is worth but like like remember we were going over the list and um much like ron howard yeah, James Cameron isn't on this list because fuck James Cameron. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't want his movies to exist or not exist. I just like that dude pisses me off. Yeah. No, it's funny to leave him off because you'd be so offended. And I think that but gives me a if lot I of were joy. To, if we were to keep Catherine Bigelow's filmography, it would be only because of James Cameron. And I'm not doing that. I have more respect for her as a filmmaker to say I would rather watch Rob Reiner movies than than yours. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the the thing we're noting, too, because, again, if we're really looking at this as, like, one director to watch their movies for the rest of the time, you get such an eclectic mix of movies with Rob Reiner. Like, what mood are you in? You're always in the mood to watch The Princess Bride, so that's great. But, like, you want to watch a comedy? You got Spinal Tap. You want to watch a good coming-of-age story? You got Stand By Me. You want to watch classic rom-com when Harry met Sally? You want to watch Jack Nicholson lose his shit? A few good men like it's you really and he also did north i don't even know what that is what is that so north is a terrible terrible movie starring elijah wood as a as the titular north trying to find a new family because he hates his own what uh you're making yeah. this movie up 
No, and I've seen this movie. It, I've seen this movie. And it has uh for the Ebert review of that movie alone is worth it. It's his, his review says, I hated this movie. Hated, <laughs> hated, hated this movie. I hated the stupid directing. I wow. hated the stupid acting. He broke professional film critic Roger Ebert, who was just like, fuck you, Rob Rodner. Uh, I don't know. Is anyone voting Catherine Bigelow? No. No, as, as much as I like, I, I tend to think, and I'm probably overstating things, but I tend to think that The Hurt Locker um, and Zero Dark Thirty, I think abbreviated the time that America and American troops were in the Middle East. I, not in a propaganda sort of way, but just sort of like maybe showing the true stories of how young men and women were, were living over, over there under the yeah. conditions of war <laughs> that we were in. Yeah, no, she made two definitive films about <clears throat> that era, for sure. Like, yeah. those are the first two that you right. should show someone if you were trying to explain. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Uh, and also Point Break, which is fantastic. It's so, okay. and yeah. Point Break. <laughs> I feel like I have to give the full Ebert quote credit. Okay, please. Come on. Yeah, I hated on this movie. Hated, 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 hated this movie. <laughs> hated it. Hated every simpering, stupid, vacant, audience-insulting moment of it. Hated the sensibility that anyone would like it. Hated the implied <laughs> insult to the audience by its belief that anyone would be entertained by it. So how did he feel about it? Did you give, did you give oh thumbs up or thumbs God. down? Uh, four stars. Okay. <laughs> four stars. He didn't even rate things with stars. He usually did thumbs. That's how flustered really he was. Like this one. <laughs> yeah. 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 He right. didn't know how stars worked. He thought more was worse. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, but yeah, no, it, Rob Reiner is bad. Rob Reiner might be winning the whole thing. He might be the yeah, dark horse. I, look, yeah. he, yep, he might, he might be. We'll have to see. But yeah, he's, he does like, there's a, a string in his, his career that's like, how, how the fuck did you do that? But yeah, it's Rob Reiner all the way. All right. Uh, before we do the next one, I need to mention something that hasn't really, it's been true, but not relevant up until now, mm -hmm. which is that every director, we're, we're talking about them as directors, but we're including anything that they worked on. So uh, that yep. becomes very important in this next conversation, uh, because so say that someone were to write a great movie, but they didn't necessarily direct it, but some other guy that they knew did. Uh, that would still count. Uh, it just all of the other directors that we talked about that hasn't really factored in. But I'm saying that because yeah, you'd lose all in the family if Rob Reiner was gone because he acted in those things by this logic, and that's a classic sitcom. So more, even more reason for Rob Reiner to keep moving. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, also, I don't know. Like, I mean, you really get into like a really weird situation because like Rob Reiner was friends with Albert Brooks's kids, and like they. Uh, hung out at his house with like Carl Reiner. So I don't know what butterfly effect happens if Rob Reiner doesn't exist to Albert Brooks. Like for sure. We Albert Brooks's life might be different. Bob Einstein's life might be different. I don't really know the, uh, all the ramifications. Uh, but anyway, all that being said, Harold Ramis versus the Wachowskis. So again, so for Harold Ramis, we're getting everything that he worked on, which includes uh, for letterboxd, they they rate them Groundhog Day, Ghostbusters, Animal House, Caddyshack, Stripes. And uh, for the Wachowskis, we get The Matrix, Bound, Cloud Atlas, Matrix Reloaded, and Speed Racer. Bound. Bound, Bound is was, number, was number two, two, according to Letterboxd. Okay. Yeah. Uh, even if you only counted movies Harold Ramis directed, this is a no-brainer for me for Harold Ramis. 
look, I'm I would be right right there with you, Andy, except for one big title. Bound. Bound. Cloud Atlas. Look, there's a lot of Jupiter ascending. There's oh, a you can't forget Jupiter ascending. The I Matrix mean, Revolutions. We'd have one <laughs> less podcast on Silver Linings Playback if if Jupiter Ascending didn't exist. But, Fucking movie. Joel, I think we would have one less friendship as, if it wasn't for The Matrix. Didn't you that know really what like, it is? sort of solidify our friendship? That's the you strongest argument ever for Harold Ramis. You know what? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that is worth mentioning. I'm sure we've definitely talked about this before, but Lars and I uh, were friends in high school. Lars worked in a movie theater and he snuck me in to see The Matrix an irresponsible amount of times. Yeah. Uh, and we would sit there and we would uh, make fun of Keanu Reeves acting and we sincerely love that movie. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Matrix is it's the fucking Matrix. Well, it is the, the fucking Matrix. Matrix. Yeah, but it's the Matrix. It's they kind of like shaped shaped, um, you know, action sci-fi movies for the 21st century, if if not just created a new genre or subgenre, at least. Yeah. No, I mean, the you know Matrix- what, though? I don't know if that's if they if it shaped it for the better, because then you just got a bunch of weak Matrix knockoffs. You also Man. got a bunch of people uh, arguing for being red pilled. That is true. A lot of really terrible people misunderstood the point of that movie and used the term red pill. It's so much so that they had to make a new Matrix movie to be like, you're wrong. This is what it's about, which I understand why the new one came out to sort of set the record. Which is not the fault of the Wachowskis. I'm no, 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 no. Clear. Yeah. I like the new it's one. It's just, yeah. I do too. Like, I like yes. the new one a lot, but it was very clear that they were like, fuck subtlety this time around. We're going to make yeah. this clear. It's just pointing out the cultural ramifications of taking away the matrix all that being said i mean andy you already said ghostbusters and it's ghostbusters which is also to make a, another thing about ghostbusters well, but also ghostbusters and harold ramus we should say the very first Mabel Memorial Tournament involved the films of Harold Ramis because that was when he had passed away. That's this tournament was literally launched as a way to celebrate Harold Ramis. So, uh, Wachowskis. But, but uh, I also <laughs> do want to mention. I mean, Groundhog Day is probably yeah. the movie I have seen the most in my entire life because I watch Get it every year on ground because I watch it every year on Groundhog Day. Oh, so yeah, I think and it's just, also right before your birthday. Yeah. yeah so, man. so I think just like total you know like because i've consistently watched it every year on my birthday my whole life i think it's gotta be the movie well i don't know that's probably not true i probably watched uh aladdin a thousand times when i was a kid but (laughs) (laughs) right 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 yeah it was harry and the hendersons for me but yeah i'm with you but uh but yeah i mean groundhog day to me is such a perfect movie that i love that is such a movie it was for me ghostbusters Uh, Which he I watched didn't that direct. a thousand times as a kid. It's you know my what? favorite we, movie. We haven't mentioned it too. But we would also lose Ghostbusters too. There With you the go. Yogurt no, yeah. he didn't direct those movies, but he wrote them, and we said that that counts. Okay, I mean, you said that right before. We didn't discuss that beforehand. You just dropped that on me right now. But it doesn't I said matter. It to you we can we do that. Made it up the tournament, but that's fine. Well, uh, I don't. Also, I don't your favorite to reopen the wounds from our last show that dumb ending of that stupid new movie would be different you mean when i was weeping when i was we- when i was crying when i was had my arm around my wife and we were both crying at the beautiful emotional ending of that new ghostbusters movie that's what yeah. you're talking about yes okay that wouldn't well, have happened 
it begins for, for me i think the argument begins and it just for me begins and ends with caddyshack hey you want to watch caddyshack for the rest of your life for the matrix i'm watching caddyshack for the rest of my life yeah, I mean it's it's Harold Ramis. And but vacation, I, I really, Groundhog Day, multiplic- yeah. multiplicity. I think gets that's a, a great movie. I love it. multiplicity. That's a good movie. That's a she touched my movie. peppy, Steve. <laughs> Hi, Steve. <laughs> I got a wallet. That guy gave it to remember me. Remember when you, Joel? Do you remember when you were counting down the days until Bedazzled came out? Look, <laughs> 2000 I'm... remake Bedazzled. <laughs> okay, look. <laughs> you were like, I'm... I can't wait to see the fucking movie, man. <laughs> You will not hear me say a bad word about Bedazzled on this podcast. Or uh, I. I stand by it. We should do it for silver linings. Frazier and Elizabeth Hurley. How are you not excited about that? It's hot people. It was great. I was just surprised to hear it because it was like, bedazzled. no, I can't I can't hang out that night. Bedazzled is coming out. I'm going to see Bedazzled. I think history vindicated me, so I stand by it. Let the record show that need, Bedazzled I don't think is you great. need vindication. It was fine. It was just funny. It was funny yeah, to yeah. watch you hop up and down up in anticipation of the movie Bedazzled. Yeah. <laughs> I, we should probably note that if we lose Cloud Atlas, we lose all the versions of Tom Hanks. So I just want that known. Like, every life mm. he lived is gone. Good. <laughs> even, the, even the cornrows? I don't want to lose the cornrows. No, we lose that one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Are we... Are we locked in on Harold Ramis? Is anyone voting? Molly? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think there's more that could be said about uh, the Wachowskis. Like, I think if all they did was the Matrix, that would honestly be enough to make them. That's probably what they should have done. I mean, that's fair. Hey, hey, (laughs) I will. Bound is. Bound is great. No, I stand by Bound Bound in the Matrix. That's it. But no, I mean, I think there's more to be said about like, this is if I can if I can philosophy nerd out for a second, um, the actual matrix being kind of the modern interpretation for like an epistemological question of like, how do you know what you know is really powerful. Um, Again, the idiots have interpreted it (laughs) in a really unfortunate way, but they took something that's been debated for centuries and put a modern spin on it in a really smart way fashion you know, they, they take stuff dating back to like plato's the cave and and put it in a new spin and it's it's no the matrix is simultaneously way smarter than you think and way dumber yeah and that's that's an amazing needle to thread well, i mean this is like uh descartes like uh his evil right. demon you know question or like are you in a dream um but made it something that was exciting and palatable for like moviegoers um and na 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 yeah, I mean, Da-da-da-da-da-da. I think like I, I'm voting for Harold Ramis, but I don't think that the Wachowskis should. No, I they think, shouldn't be given that short of shrift. I yeah, agree 100. Uh, there's a lot to be said. There's a lot to be said for like the impact uh, they and had. how they should have stopped after the major. <laughs> yes, but like what another they've thing, done, another like, thing as that trans said, filmmakers though, that... and like the impact they've had on people when it comes to like gender identity and what that oh, means. Yeah. Oh, like there's also there's very a man. lot more to Look. be said. Look, if you want to get out of the the movie territory and go into TV, Sense8 is one of my favorite TV shows I've watched in the last 10 years. I love that show. And it was only after the first season, um, after the first season, and I read a review of it talking, it, the review was talking about how this is such a great LGBTQ um, TV show. And I thought in an instant, it was almost like I was in the Matrix of like, oh, yeah. 
that show's hella gay. Well, I think that's what was it. Is realize it. Like when they talk about sort of being like, you know, we didn't realize that's what we were talking about. Oh, no. But that's what we were talking about. Like it's, you know, it's it's very smart and real. I think hit a lot of people in ways. Absolutely. And it was we didn't all realize that show. That's one of I know it's one of my favorite shows because I still haven't watched the last episode because I don't want it to be over yet. I need to watch that. That show, yeah, again. but um, uh, yeah. yeah, it's not National Lampoon's Vacation, though. So, no, I mean, I that, that was John Hughes. Well, he heard Williams uh, did write it, didn't he? He directed it. Yeah, I <laughs> did. He direct. I would According choose Harold Ramis. That I'm looking at right now is National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, they've never steered me wrong. I would choose Harold Ramis, but I don't want to. John Hughes wrote it. I don't want to mm. discount the Wachowskis. That no, I think is very fair. No. They're, they're incredible, incredible. And they should have stopped. There was that, that resurgence, they... like ten years ago. That was there was this resurgence of, um, uh, like uh, this opinion of, hey, Speed Racer is actually good, and so we all rewatched Speed Racer, and lo and behold, that it what actually wasn't. It wasn't good. Like there yeah. were some good parts of it. That wasn't. That wasn't good. No, stop, stop pushing yeah, that agenda. We don't agenda need to reevaluate every good. single person's work. No. Sometimes it's bad, and that's okay. Yeah. You can yeah. still like it. Yes, keep on liking it, but I, I don't like that. Yeah. I am sad that we're losing first I give you the finger, then you give me my phone call. We're going to lose that guy not spitting. Lars, I do think we need to take a moment to think of all of our shared friendship that we will be losing. The guy yeah. spitting, but not spitting. Believe the- it or not, asshole, you're still going to fry. <laughs> <laughs> We lose that. We lose. You've been down that road before, which is a metaphor. Showing the road, for, but yep. showing the road. So there's there's a lot. There's a lot that we lose. Hey, li- listen up, Copper Top. Don't get that joke. I won't get that joke for half an hour. But thank you for putting it in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. All right. But yeah, it's Harold Ramis. So <laughs> lock it in. Also, we didn't talk. I do like the film Bound. I just want to say it, that it is. We've good. said that like eight times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think I don't think we talked enough about. Let's go back. Okay, let's reevaluate. You know what? Let's just nope. say it. We we all masturbated to the movie Bound. Can we move on together? Now? Five minutes <laughs> before we recorded this, before we started the show, the five of us just cranked one out to the movie Bound. That's why I we're so pushed right now. Marlon the cat jade off. <laughs> I think it's important <laughs> to acknowledge that that look, they made a movie where Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon were lovers, and any of these other directors could have yeah. done that and didn't. And I think that they, <laughs> they should all not. be penalized for that. Yep. <laughs> any Fair. of these directors could have two ladies eating each other's butts, and they don't do it, and that's not our fault. <laughs> So if you're listening, all of these directors, take notes. And we know that you yeah. are. Listen here, Harold Ramis. <laughs> Apparently you can just bring him back. It's fine. You can just do it. You can just clone Jesus him, multiplicity fuck, style, and what's then... The, you know, what's the next one? They what's can the, all have sex in Joel. one night with Andy McDowell. Uh, <laughs> oh, Molly, you kept an Andy McDowell movie. Yeah. Stanley well, you don't like Andy McDowell? She does not like Andy McDowell. Pogues. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Pogues. She loves Pogues. Two Andy McDowell movies. Oh, yeah. shit. Stop. 
That's true. It's, it's, it's locked in. Sorry, it's, it's locked, locked in. in. It's just too late. All right. Stanley Kubrick versus Quentin Tarantino. And you know what? Uh, Molly, real quick, because we forgot to mention with Paul Thomas Anderson, who's not in there, but you did mention Fiona Apple. Would you like to share? Oh, my favorite story. Um, it's uh, if you are not aware of this, uh, Fiona Apple was telling a story about uh, uh, becoming sober and said uh, quitting cocaine uh, is really easy after you've been locked in a theater, which I believe was the New Beverly, uh, with Quentin Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson while they're like out of their minds on cocaine, listening to them go off about uh, film. And after that night, you'll never want to touch cocaine again in your life. <laughs> Jeez Louise. And right. having dealt yeah. with a lot of <laughs> art nerds on cocaine, I can tell you, I know what that feels like. I guess like she was probably feeling like a criminal. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. About time so, to be hitting that dusty trail, everybody. <laughs> dusty trail. All right. So according to Letterboxd, I was fascinated by this. The The highest rated Stanley Kubrick film is Paths of Glory. What? That's a really it's good shocking. movie. It's yeah. a really good movie. Though. Yeah, then, Kurt, 2001, yeah, really then 2001, then 2001, then Barry Lyndon, then The Shining, then Dr. Strangelove. Uh, and for Quentin Tarantino... Pulp Fiction, Inglorious Bastards, Kill Bill, Django Unchained, Reservoir Dogs. Django Unchained is a bad movie. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Inglorious well, Bastards is a bad movie. Yes. Inglorious Bastards, I, Lars, you nailed that earlier, so we don't have to rehash it. One of the best opening scenes that he's ever done, and then it yeah. falls apart very quickly. Yeah, I, I still love it. I it's mean, not Tarant good, but I love it. It's the last yeah, movie I've enough. enjoyed from Tarantino. Yeah, Tarantino, it's worth noting, uh, has been very much diminishing returns in Ever recent years. Ever since Sally Menke died, his movies have gotten markedly worse. Yes. Yeah. I've uh, kind of hit a point, like, I've hit a point in my life where I just do not enjoy watching Quentin Tarantino movies anymore. And that really includes the ones I really used to love. Like, it just... Wow. It... It's actively unpleasant for me. He su he sucks so much, doesn't he? He's he's really, a, he sucks you, so much. He makes it hard to be such, a a such an insufferable yeah. dick like, for me to like not like shit that I used to like. What yeah, kind of like, asshole do you have to be? And like the stuff that I used to be able to tolerate in his movies that I'm like, it isn't great to watch this gratuitous, like, you know, assault scene. Yeah. But like I can tolerate it now. I'm like, Mm, nope, I can't. I can't because I have heard everything you've said and it's yeah. just the worst. And I don't want to watch anything to do with this. I really don't enjoy watching Pulp Fiction anymore because this just feels like an excuse for you to be horrible. Yeah, Lars, do you, do you remember when he thanked himself? In his acceptance speech. Yeah, because we, we texted each other at the exact same. When I say exact same moment, I mean, when I hit send, I received the same yes. message back from Joel when he got his, his Oscar acceptance speech and he thanked himself. He was like, I got it right this time. Yeah, it was. This is what I did. Was that for Django? Yeah, it must have been. It had to have been because you couldn't yeah. have texted in 1994. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so, I think it was Inglorious Bastards. I think that's what he won the Oscar for was that screenplay, right? Oh, you know what? I think you are right. Yeah. I think yeah. he won for Django, too. I know. He won Best Screenplay for Django. I'm yeah. almost 100% no sure. Yeah. And that movie sucks. Yeah. No, I have not been able to watch it the whole way through. Uh, it, it's, it's like Leo is good in it. Yeah. But that movie sucks. 
No, I saw the, like, I think I got, like, halfway through enough to see, like, some of the really great Leo DiCaprio parts, and I was like, cool! Cool! No thanks. It just turns into a Bugs Bunny cartoon in the third act. But, like, not for fun. Not the way that, I, like, no, a Mel Brooks... not in a good way. Not the way, like, a Mel Brooks movie turns into a Bugs Bunny cartoon. I, I mean, <laughs> it sounds like, I know, because this show, I mean, we still have, we still have a, like two more matchups to go it sounds like we're all on the same page uh i don't know if any is anyone no one's gonna vote quentin tarantino on this right no i I do want to say that that stanley kubrick's i i don't think there's a filmmaker that within one movie is more uneven than stanley kubrick (laughs) like all of his movies have great parts but they also have parts like why that's fair like, like uh there's a whole second half of full metal jacket i don't know if people knew about that (laughs) <laughs> where they're actually in Vietnam. Um, you know, and there's a lot of 2001 that's just unwatchable. I will say The Shining, there's nothing in that that I would take out. Like, I like that movie. No, The Shining, like, yeah, The Shining is, like, it's the best terrible movie adaptation of all time. I would rather watch The Shining and only The Shining for the rest of my life and become one of those crazy Shining conspiracy theorists then watch Quentin Tarantino movies for the rest of Any, my life. Anyone like, ever. So yeah, yeah it's Kubrick. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, yeah, might, I, that, I, might, yeah. that might be one of the most beautiful things you've ever said. Like, boy, <laughs> Thank you. To my uh, ears. But, uh, but yeah, I, I do think like, yeah, it sounds like we're all on the same page. I will, since we, we were very hard on Quentin Tarantino and he makes, he deserves it. Cause he, man, he, but like, hard on. just, just like a little bit, pour a little bit out for man, Reservoir Jackie Dogs. Brown. Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown are all really good movies. Like, the, yeah, the, you know, if I never knew the man who made them, uh, they're, they're all good. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I'm saying that because we're leaving him in the dust. So, but also uh, worth also noting, I was really trying to be nice, but also he really did try to uh, kill um, Uma Thurman, like through pure reckless. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Diane Kruger. For that matter, in, in *Inglorious Bastards*, it had to be his hands that were choking her to death, and he really did yeah. choke the shit out of her to the point where she was scared that she might die from Quentin Tarantino. You know, fuck Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> that dude. He also okay. really just loves gratuitous sexual assault as a fun little plot device. Mm-hmm. So you know. Yeah, yeah. and he thinks he ha- he thinks he has a um he thinks he has a past to say the n-word and you don't stop saying nope. that shit yeah, bro yeah. Stop and why's it, it gotta yeah. be on all your fucking movies stop it yeah yeah and then like literally casting yourself in your movie to say it because you think that you can yeah. anyway. if there also was- i'll just point out like the i really enjoyed going to the new beverly i thought it was like truly amazing but you don't need to have fake movie posters of rick dalton in your movie theater <laughs> Like that shit is obnoxious. Just play the actual old. That movies. movie also sucked. Yes, it did. Yeah. But like, come on, dude. I'm here to see some Doris Wishman movies. It's great. I don't want to see yeah. your do dumb. You, do you know how bad like, a movie, movie has to star? be for you to put Timothy Oliphant in it as a cowboy, and I still don't like it? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I dislike the man so much. I didn't even watch that movie. I was just it's like, good. like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm you done with you, bro. Hours. I'm done with you. I don't have two and a half hours to. Spend three. on watching your was it? But three? you won't see yeah. one three. shot of um the arc light, which apparently is the greatest thing that happened in that movie. That one shot when people drove by it, I drive by it all right. the time. Right. Jesus, also, can we get the arc light open back up? It's a very <laughs> LA specific thing. But can someone 
get the license to the arc light and reopen it. Anyway, this one's fascinating. Uh huh. Miyazaki. Oh shit. Versus Guillermo del Toro. Uh, so you've got, according to Letterboxd, Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, Howl's Moving Castle. Mononoke. But, uh, sorry. Yeah, Mononoke. Uh, Howl's Moving Castle. We're four white people hosting this podcast, by the way. Just wanted to put <laughs> that out there. Future Boy Conan, which I was surprised made the top five. Hmm. Uh, and My Neighbor Totoro. Totoro. Not Ponyo? Totoro. That's according to Letterboxd. Uh, and then uh, Pan's Labyrinth, The Devil's Backbone, oh, The Shape of so Water, good. Nightmare Alley, and Hellboy. Um, I'm I'm gonna just come in hot and I say I absolutely love Guillermo del Toro, but I think for the world you need the absolute joy that is Studio Ghibli. So I'm voting Miyazaki. I can't do. I I love Guillermo del Toro, and I think. Pan's Labyrinth is another top 10 for me. And I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not being hyperbolic. It's a great yeah. movie. That's also like, a perfect almost movie. perfect for me. Like feel it in my heart. Just saying the name of that movie get, get, gets my heart a, a flutter. But me, I think Miyazaki's work is so gorgeous and unique. And I'm sorry for sounding so pretentious, but I think it's important. I think his work is important. I don't know. I can't, I, I think Miyazaki needs to, needs to stay in our, our universe. I watched My Neighbor Totoro all the time when I was a little girl, uh, me and my best friend Sarah, and I finally got to sh uh, show it to Joel, like, within the past, like, month or so, and it was one of the greatest joys of my life, so I'm gonna go Miyazaki. Got to. Got to, baby. Yeah, yeah I mean, Guillermo del Toro is great. Let's just be on the record that Guillermo del Toro is great. Uh, oh, such yeah, a, I such mean, a unique voice that guy yeah, yeah. and it, i think an important voice and also i mean this said hellboy but hellboy to the golden army is a like stone cold blade classic two. for me yeah blade 2 is great but yeah, hellboy 2 was really, phenomenal yeah also shout out to uh, i believe it's doug jones and his like yeah, super hyper mobile yeah. Yeah. like his uh, his just suitmation acting yeah uh, the other thing it, it, it's clearly miyazaki that's winning this yeah i just want to point out that guillermo del toro won an academy goddamn award for a movie where a woman fucks a fish monster yeah that's, yep. that's not nothing that's not true nothing, Set in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it's funny because um that movie was part of this what they were billing as the dark universe uh, the dark the, the dark cinematic universe that never took but The Shape of Water won all of those awards, and what a gorgeous film. Oh, it's gorgeous so good. He, and, uh, yeah, it sucks to lose him, but this, it's not a hard choice. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the thing, too, is like, and he's still making good work. Like, uh, Nightmare Alley's great. Like, he, his consistent, like, level of, like, just what he's putting out there is good, uh, even if he's making it a Pinocchio movie, which also Hollywood. We can stop making Pinocchio movies. Stop it. We, stop. We, we don't need it. Pinocchio. We know yeah, it was the perfect thing. when Roberto Benigni did it. You exactly. know what I really like about like this matchup is that I think both of these directors are directors who create these kind of magical worlds that are really inspirational to other directors. So I think it's this kind of situation where if you lose one catalog, you're sort of losing that sort of magic for those viewers but you still keep a lot of this like sort of this world of inspiration for well, yeah, they, the rest of the world 
Like, they both work in this like sort of magical realism style yeah. that is just so yeah. amazing. Yeah, Anyways. they kind of they like they they like to write stories that walk that line of like you know, is it real? And at the end of the movie, it's even the characters are asking, was it real or was it not real? Like where what sort of world are we living in? I do think Del Toro is still taking like some of the biggest swings of any director working now like that. He he definitely has an aesthetic and you you can kind of tell like, I don't know, is there creepy stuff in a jar and weird monsters and all that? Like when I'm, I'm watching a Del Toro movie, but like he he doesn't make the same movie like he is being very creative. He's always doing new things and pushing well, himself. And he's unafraid to do schlock like Crimson Peak. Like it's a yeah. schlocky, silly horror movie, but it's so great. Well, and also mm-hmm. just the fact that he like makes horror that's viewed as artistic is very hard in Hollywood. Yes. Like it's not usually taken serious. But yeah, and Pan's Labyrinth is a just absolute classic masterpiece. Masterpiece. And yeah. also he he apparently directed the opening credits to The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror 14. <laughs> and he was he was credited as Guillotine del Toro. That's great. Amazing. That's great. I changed my vote. Yeah, you know yeah, what? Right? <laughs> Dude, we're losing so much Simpsons content in this this game. Yeah. All right. But you get a lot of uh you keep a lot of Bob's burgers with Miyazaki. That's true. There's a ton oh, yeah. that's of right. those references. That's right. All right. Yeah. Um so our last, last matchup. One. Our last matchup is fascinating. Uh speaking of the Simpsons, it is uh Senior Spielbergo. <laughs> Uh, it is Martin Scorsese versus Steven Spielberg. Uh, this is such a no-brainer for me because of Jaws, well, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I, and Jurassic Park. Well, hold on. That... Can I, real quick, before you no-brainer it. So according to Letterboxd, Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, The Departed, Raging Bull, The King of Comedy, Schindler's List, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Saving Private Ryan, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, and The Last Crusade. Now, we should say, as a caveat, Lars hates Jurassic Park, and he said it's a bad movie. So. Never said it. I never said it. Never said those words. That's why I, I said included the... Jurassic Park in it. It's actually, yeah. like, if Lars that went away, it. it'd be terrible, but it's, it's Spielberg, Jaws, and Raiders are two, they're both in my top five, and I wouldn't consider Spielberg one of my top five favorite directors, yet he has two films in my top five favorite movies. Um, it's Spielberg for me. I, what I said was, I said Jurassic Park is a phenomenal movie, is what, what I said. That's not what, you know what, they can go back and listen to what the fuck I said. This is all fictive. Stop sending me text it's messages, people. I don't want your emails either. I didn't say the movie was bad. I... Let's go to the Can clip, everybody. <laughs> hey, I'm large. <laughs> Jurassic Park sucks. Is a terrible oh, movie. It sucks so bad. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. At the same time. There were two people talking at the same time. I can't even do that. That's right. <laughs> the tape got on, like, the clip, it pulled up weird. It was, like, some kind of echo. <laughs> it's just poor audio on the last episode. There's not much you can do about yeah. it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Molly. What were you saying? <laughs> I could watch Goodfellas anytime of any day. God, Goodfellas is so good. I am incapable of turning that movie off. No, Goodfellas is... If it's on, I stop what I'm doing to watch it. And the best part is it's seven hours. Yeah, Goodfellas, but it's one of those, like, I will watch that movie. I love Goodfellas. I mean, I love Goodfellas. This experience, it doesn't happen now, but when when I had cable and, like, I would flip through, if Goodfellas was on with commercials... You would stop oh, yeah. and watch it. Edited heavily Which is with commercials. Literally Edited the first time I saw that movie yeah. was because it was just on TV. Yeah. And I was like doing laundry. 
It was just like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. No, I I love Goodfellas. Yeah. Scorsese has an amazing filmography. Also, Cape but... Fear. It did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cape it did Fear, not come up in, the, the... in Letterboxd, but I fucking love that movie. Yeah, his Cape but Fear is But you know what? Great. The original Robert Mitchum one uh, still allows the Simpsons episode to exist, so I think it's okay that we can get rid of it. I don't of... know. The I'm Simpsons even... episode is very heavily influenced by- I'm not by... even counting the Simpsons episode. I yeah. just love no, that Cape movie. No, Cape Fear is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I- No, Cape Fear, yeah, is- Yeah. Like- it's man no i mean it's just he has such an extensive filmography i will say i do not like the departed <laughs> i just think that's worth no. noting the departed I, I like it but that's not what he should have won everything for no yeah no, it I was also, a makeup it was a makeup oscar for sure yeah um i mean also shutter island is also bad just mentioning yeah, a couple shutter things bad. that he did that are bad i did but so jurassic park the lost world is also a bad movie that spielberg did well, yeah, I mean, Lars already said that. So. <laughs> uh, Hugo is an underrated Scorsese movie. Mm-hmm. I will say that. I really like that movie. Uh, the Aviator is the movie that Lars spent so long trying to get me to watch, and I finally did. So. Also, okay. a favorite movie of Dan Harmon. And it is a favorite movie of Dan Harmon. Uh, yeah, The Aviator is what turned me around on, uh, on DiCaprio. I didn't like Leo, and then I watched The Aviator, and I finally realized, oh, this... This man is good at acting. Well, and we're not even yeah. talking about Raging Bull or King of Comedy or Mean yep. Streets. Yep. Mean Streets is phenomenal. I, I didn't also, see Mean Streets until like three years ago. Taxi Driver. Well, Taxi Driver got mentioned in his top five. Oh, I was also yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of I Wall hate Street. That mo- I hate every second of that movie. I like Wolf I, of Wall Street. I God, I, that is the most unwatchable self-indulgent mean, not crap. Not every second, I, God, right? There that. are a I, there are no, a couple oh, sorry, no, seconds I like in God there. Going. Mm. <laughs> Mm, that's the only part of, i hate that movie that's so the much the only part come andy think think i know we're modern men but we're, we're still we're still humans on planet earth for christ's <laughs> sakes there's got to be a couple other seconds in that movie that you'll nope. like a jonah little hill. bit that was it jonah hill's teeth yeah that's the other good part i i i don't care like i know we're doing a bit about lars hating jurassic park i hate wolf of wall street <laughs> i hate that movie I we should it also, might be in my bottom five least favorite movies of all time. Wow, no, I don't blame you, man. I don't bold, blame you. That's how much I hate that movie. That wow. I don't share your thing. opinion, but I do understand that opinion a hundred percent. I really do. Uh, we should also note that Martin Scorsese directed Michael Jackson's bad video. <laughs> that's just a thing that's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I am, as of this moment, firmly in the camp of Scorsese. Wow. Because I think he takes chances. I think he makes different movies all the time. I think he's always wants to make different sorts of movies. And while they aren't the biggest swings in the world, they are different. And they don't always need to say something. And they don't always need to tell a similar story or be in the similar style i think he's one of those guys like how, how what's the most interesting way i can i can tell this story and i think he does that where i don't i don't think spielberg does that i think spielberg yeah, he doesn't take chances with movies or revolutionize the way cinema's made at all not never once i think he makes i think since the mid 80s he's been making spielberg movies like I'm gonna make another Spielberg movie. How does Spielberg make movies? And I'm go. I'm. I'll just make one of those. E- we haven't even mentioned E.T. 
we haven't mentioned uh, Catch Me If You Can, which is, uh, although I agree with Joel, that I was gonna the say, real I, guy story is way more interesting than the movie that got made, but that's a, if you divorce it from that, like, you could also say The Shining is a shitty adaptation of the book, you know, but... <laughs> Yeah, the difference is uh, I like The Shining. I don't like Catch Me If You Can. If we're all just making inflammatory opinions about <laughs> things that people like, I did not enjoy the movie Catch Me If You Can. So I'll go on record for that one. That's Molly, fair. Molly, you still have time if you want to take a stand on a, a movie that people regard as good. Um, There's a lot of creepy stuff about Raiders of the Lost Ark. That, you know, <laughs> like, that's, that's true. That just, like, I, I don't have great associations with that movie, but if you just want to stick to, like... The movie itself, there's a lot of just creepy shit in that movie that, like, reflecting back on, you know, from this time period. You know, watch it. It's not as great as we regard it from, you know, a feminist perspective. That's super true. Like, you know, it's also, we could also mention too that we, we already discussed the films of Stanley Kubrick. One thing that we could correct by destroying Steven Spielberg's work is that we could destroy the film AI artificial intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> but only but only part of it because we already kept Stanley Kubrick who directed part of that movie. But we could have the good parts of that movie and not that stupid yeah. ass ending. Yep. Oh, I, I actually heard the ending was Kubrick's ending. Like that's well, it's a Kubrick ending with a Spielberg ending tacked on to it. Kubrick wanted the jump to the future thousands of years with the crazy, weird, uh, skinny alien robots and all that. Uh, that's not that's not the worst part of that movie. It's one of the yeah. many reasons that movie is bad. Uh, but, yeah, that movie's bad. And I think we would have forgotten it was bad if it had just rolled credits when he's staring face to face at the Blue Fairy. Yeah. I guess for like for me, I. I'm not going to sit there and be like, well, there's nothing for Steven Spielberg. Obviously, there are great movies. Like, if I, you know, there's there's E.T., there's Jurassic Park. Sorry, Lars. Um, <laughs> 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 um, there was, at one point in my life, Raiders of the Lost Ark until I, you know. We really thought about it. Really, really unpack it. There's some really real, thought about yeah. it and was like, oh, shit, this sucks. Um, but <laughs> when... <laughs> When I, I guess, like, it just, when I come to the end of his movies, I kind of go like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, that was nice. That was fun. But when I, like, sort of come to the end of the, like, Scorsese movies I really love, I kind of have that, like, fuck, that's a good movie. And that's how I feel after I watch Goodfellas. That's how I feel after I watch Cape Fear. That's how I feel after I watch Taxi Driver. Like, I don't really feel that way after I watch, uh, like, the Spielberg movies that I love. Like, I do. I go, like, it just, it doesn't evoke the same feeling in me. I I will say that I have the, the reverse opinion about Spielberg. Like, the best Spielberg movies absolutely does that. I think, for me, for Scorsese, the only one that does is Goodfellas. That I'm like, fuck, that's good. I mean, he has amazing movies. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but like I said, two of my all time top five favorite movies. And I'm, I'm still going to I still love Raiders. I don't care. That, I'm, I'm, yeah. Cancel me. Fine. I was going to say, do you, you don't have to double down <laughs> that much where you're like, I don't care. Like you can be like, as no, it's, problem- fine. it's not creepy at all. <laughs> as problematic as it, it is, you can it still like a, it. But- um, 
I think it's a good choice that they hinted that he statutory raped. No. 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 Let's explore this and I'll tell you why I like it even more. No. Andy, don't pull a Lars. You don't want to go down this road. Um. Yeah, no, that. All of the reasons to be to cringe at some of the plot points that are just casually mentioned as an aside in that movie, which is, I think, makes it worse, probably. Well, and the um, fact that those like, script notes came out where they were like thought it was hilarious is not a good. Oh, that's yeah. There's oh yeah. Th- th- there's problems. <laughs> <It's> all... <laughs> yeah, um, it's all unpleasant. But, I mean. Uh... One of it's my still most memorable, real cool when he shoots the guy who's wielding a sword. Who's wielding like, a sword, I, no. Yeah. Uh, but, like, one of my most remembered cinema experiences was seeing Jurassic Park in the theater in sixth grade. Like, my brother, uh, who's ten years older than me, picked me up from school so we could see an early showing of it. Um, like, that's how excited we were for it. And it lived up. Um, I mean, yeah, it's hard to, to undersell that feeling of going to a movie theater to where you were, like, you know, you were some kid and you read about dinosaurs and it was like dinosaurs sound neat. And then you saw a movie that had special effects that we had never seen before that were like, holy shit, that's a dinosaur that's a real dinosaur. He made a dinosaur appear on screen. And yeah, the wonder that yep. you feel is like like John Williams is knocking it out of the park with the score like the, the movie. God, you was- lose all the John Williams scores that he did that yeah. would go with those movies. I I think that, like this to me uh, I like this matchup because I think that the exact spirit that I said at the top where if you asked me who I think is a better director I would say Martin Scorsese like I I think that he is a more interesting director all the stuff uh, that Lars said like I I completely agree with that I think he's always taking swings he's doing really interesting stuff but if you ask me whose movies I want to rewatch more like and just the extent of the cat because again Goodfellas if it's on I'm watching it uh Kate Fear is a great movie but it's just like if for the rest of my life I had to pick one of these film catalogs there's sure I'd you know Ready Player One might pop up occasionally and be like god damn it but like I like that movie It's terrible, oh, but I like it. That's the worst opinion that's been stated on this podcast <laughs> is that you like Ready Player One. Uh, but no, I mean, there are so many movies that you get with the Spielberg catalog that yeah. I, I would rewatch. One other thing I'll say is that I think that this might be a no brainer for Scorsese if he had an editor that would tell him no. <laughs> <laughs> would have helped the departed. <laughs> What helped, a, what helped a lot of his movies are just way too effing long. Yeah. I might have enjoyed Wolf of Wall Street because that movie is insufferably long for no reason. But there were a couple parts that are pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 honestly, like you two are going to have to convince Joel because I'm I'm immovable on this one. Are we officially two to two? I th- it sounds like we are, but yeah. I, I want to keep Scorsese. I, Me too. I completely understand where you guys are coming from. Um, uh, reminder for all of you, I was too young to go see Jurassic Park in the theaters. <laughs> so I did not have that moment. <laughs> um, and Lars hates Jurassic Park, so this is going to be I a long discussion. I, I really <laughs> feel like don't. that's the dividing line. If you two loved Jurassic Park like Andy and I do, I think it would make this a lot easier. <laughs> I 
<laughs> I really like watching movies that make me feel bad about the world. <laughs> like, I don't necessarily like, like, trust me, I love, I love mm. great, like, great, happy, magical movies. My favorite movie in, in the entire world is Wayne's World. But I really enjoy. I yeah, where's really... Penelope Spheris in this whole conversation? I It was hard. It was yeah. a lot of Megadeth music videos. Yeah. Yep. It was definitely in preliminary discussions, <laughs> yeah. though, for sure. But it is my that is also my favorite movie of all time is Wayne's World. It's a perfect movie. But it's yeah, do? it really is. Anyway, discussion for another time. Um, but I genuinely like movies that sort of remind me about the ugliness and badness of the world because it doesn't necessarily it's not something you're necessarily always allowed to talk about um i teach I, u.s oh. history so oh, okay but you get paid to talk about it so uh, <laughs> remember, I don't. oh shit remember um remember andy when we were in uh la and and walking around like uh walking around hollywood after breakfast and we were both discussing like why is molly doing this I think that's our answer. <laughs> that's officially our answer. It's a, it's a very just a specific psychosis. in the world. <laughs> okay, now we know. Now we know. <laughs> yes. So, I <laughs> genuinely... <laughs> I genuinely like watching movies that... Uh, want to explore really dark unpleasant subject matter so it's not just a matter of like oh this is like a really great director i'm like no like talk to me about this horrible thing um so i would rather keep like scorsese's work that has taxi driver that has cape fear that has goodfellas because at some point for me there is sort of a diminishing returns on things like E.T. on Jurassic Park. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's very much me personally. Um, I understand that other people don't work that way, but. Yeah, look, uh, I'm, I'm right. Th I'm right there with you. And it, there isn't I have no other explanation other than that. I'm looking at both of their filmographies. And I want to watch more Scorsese movies than I want to watch Spielberg movies. And that's just and that's just me. I think Spiel like Spielberg and there's this there's this thing like I don't know if you want to call it a rumor or I guess maybe just a popular opinion I really don't know that he made Schindler's List and that kind of broke him as sort of a person and a filmmaker and just emotionally took such a toll on him that he couldn't go back to being the filmmaker he was before that um I I don't know if that's true or not I think but he also made Saving Private Ryan after that, which is a was a great, great movie. And he he made some fun movies in the late nineties and up until today there were some good ones. I, I don't know. For me personally, I think up until the mid nineties, he and Scorsese neck and neck making interesting movies that I really like to watch. And then after that, Scorsese kept experimenting and Spielberg said, I'm making Spielberg movies. If you're asking me what I would want to erase versus what I want to watch. I want to watch Scorsese movies. I want to watch Scorsese movies from the I, early 70s up until right Scorsese now. Scorsese hasn't been an experimental filmmaker in a long time. No kidding. Since when? 
post goodfellas what 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 post, big chances like post 1990 wow, wow. <laughs> that i would a say bold statement that he has not made a good movie since 1990 no, he's made good movies i just don't think he's made like super inter i don't think he was taking the chances he was making when he was in the 70s and 80s with mean streets and king of comedy and taxi driver I w- uh, you know what? It is worth mentioning that if both of you keep Scorsese, that the Joker continues to exist. Todd Phillips Joker will still exist in this world as long as King of Comedy does. <laughs> and, and, and Mean Streets and Taxi Driver. <laughs> yes, it's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I, like, mean, I think they both I think they're both their best work was probably prior to like 1997. I don't think that's a, a huge leap. Um, but granted, Scorsese did win the Oscar in the 2000s for The Departed, but my um, possible least favorite of all of his movies. (laughs) I may have misspoke a little bit. Like the the Aviator was, I think, a well made movie. It wasn't my favorite, but it was okay. The Departed was The Departed. Um, Shutter and I, Shutter Island was kind of a dud. Um, shit, man. No, I think they're kind of on. Are because it. I think the decline was fuck me, Andy. I owe you an apology. Honestly, <laughs> the decline started at Goodfellas <laughs> <laughs> because ga- I think N- Gangs of New York is great. I think he really yeah, did some things in that movie that he had not done before. But other than that, yeah, he's been making Scorsese movies. Yep, yep. Uh, gang- yep. Gangs of New York is. I will still probably- give it. Oh. The least Scorsese of Scorsese movies. It like it's one of his few movies that really felt epic, and that's just like not a thing that Scorsese did. And I don't mean that as an insult. Like his movies were just like they're intimate. Like that's what's great about Scorsese movies. They aren't these big sweeping, uh, epic things. And that's I mean that's Spielberg does epics better than almost anybody. Um, but that that's I don't think a, a deal breaking argument for either one. Um. I just want to, it's irritating, like, it's kind of irritating, but I'm thinking about it now, and, you know, um, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, Raging Bull is an incredible piece of art, but honestly, I mean, they're not, none of them are Jaws, none of them are, are Close Encounters, none of them are the color purple, for fuck's sakes. First of all, I, I do want a minute. You're, you guys are moving on, but I will not let you. This Hugo erasure that you're all doing. Hugo was a great movie. It's not like anything else he's done. Okay, you, you are right about that. <laughs> Hugo is great. just want to point out that Scorsese uh, directed the Fran Leibovitz Pretend It's a City That's, yeah. documentary on Netflix, which in itself was very cool, but also gave us Bowen Yang's amazing impression of Fran Leibovitz. <laughs> so we would be losing that. You know what we would lose if we, if we drop Spielberg? Hmm. Oprah. What? Okay. He didn't, he I put, mean, I, you're saying he made Oprah with Color Purple, is that your argument? I, th- I, I, think, he, I think he made her widely I thought you were saying that he directed the Oprah Winfrey show. I was like, did Spielberg... Jesus, can we look that up? Can, can, we, go to, can we go to our, our research <laughs> no, team? I'm did not did he like, run he, that like, Baltimore news station that Oprah got her at the start of her career? Uh, look, oh, look, Oprah had a career, but it was a it was an up and coming career, and then he made her widely known and popular. He made her made her famous in that movie. Not to say she wouldn't I, have done it on her own, but 
Coming I was going to say, I refuse to acknowledge that anyone but Oprah made Oprah. Like, yeah. Christ almighty. <laughs> I, 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 I can't take that leap, but Close what Encounters about, what didn't get Whoopi? mentioned. Can God, we do Whoopi? <laughs> Yeah, like I said, uh, <laughs> you're. I'm not. I'm not movable on this. So either I think Molly's equally not movable on her side of the fence. So Lars or Joel, one of you is going to have to settle. Hold this. on, because because I flip flopped. I was Scorsese and now I'm Spielberg. How how is oh, it still a deadlock? <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, we're too damn good at our jobs. I'll just say maybe I have, I think I'm unmovable for a very specific reason. And it might be because when I was uh, a kid, I had, it was a very brief window when I was like, 10 to 11 where numerous people like people I knew and people I did not know told me you look like Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver don't look her up but you look just like her and I would go I don't know what that means so you switched to Spielberg too great so (laughs) when I was old enough I finally watched that movie and went Holy shit, I did. Because I really did around that age. It was a very brief window. And then spent a long time unpacking that. And was just like, why was this a thing? Adults felt comfortable telling me. Like, I get it. I did look like her. But what the fuck was that? So I really don't know how to live without Scorsese. Because that's had a pretty huge impact on me personally. Well, as we all know, Jurassic Park also, is one of my favorite movies. Maybe don't tell people that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe don't walk up to young women and go, "You yeah. look like you look this like that very troubling character worker. from this movie." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are we split differently now. <laughs> <laughs> um. I yeah. Guess, anyway, I guess don't so. look it up until you're older, and uh, this has clearly been burned into your psyche. Yeah, I don't know. Don't I really like the comedy the show, of switching sides because <laughs> it just seemed hilarious to do. But, but uh, no, I mean, like I said, I I think I still land where I started, which is if you ask me, who, like if you ask me who I think is a better director, I think that it the answer is Martin Scorsese. But if you ask me, I think you're probably right. But if you ask me whose catalog I would rather rewatch i think it is spielberg uh so yeah i in, if lars if you're still locked in i think we are like i think we have a, we have a we have a quorum okay <sighs> these are hard choices yeah. i love that this was a first round matchup i think it's better that it took place now than 100 percent. yeah than like in the semis or something like that Actually, I was also glad to hear it wasn't uh, seated because no way are these guys the six and eleven. No, all random. Yeah, obviously yeah. all random. Um, but yeah, wow, that was only one round of this tournament. The longest round. Hook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, let's lucky, just acknowledge uh, Lincoln. 
Yeah, Lincoln. You got lucky. I like Lincoln. You got lucky uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom old, of the Crystal Skull. The Shia LaBeouf. Uh, no, oh, that's Spielberg a conversation more for another round. But he's also more prolific. Yeah. That's true. I I will say that on the second viewing, I really came around on West Side Story. Like I, I like that movie a lot. I think it, it just it, it feels wholly unnecessary, yeah. but I really like it. I think that was it. The first time I just had the it's unnecessary, and the second time I watched it, it was like, you know what? But it's good. It's good. Are y'all so. are y'all being genuine right now? I am being genuine. I'm being one hundred percent. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. That like because he nailed the song America, which is I think is the song that you have to nail. He did a really good job. And he cast that movie well, with the exception of uh, Incel Egg Fart. Yeah, there's a lot of conversations to be had next round. Yeah. About Spielberg. Spielberg, when well, he goes song, you against... Know what? America, America, that is a... That song is a big deal in that musical. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, next round, he goes up against Miyazaki, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No easy matchups in this tournament. Oh, yeah. Are we, are, are we posting the, the bracket updates anywhere? I mean, we will. Yeah, but you'll have it for next week. Don't don't you worry. It'll be up. Okay, work. Otherwise, right. I'm just going to write it down, take a picture, and post it on social media. No one wants. No, that. I'll send I'll send you an updated bracket. <laughs> Got it. Word. All right. But thank you, Andy. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Molly. You're welcome. Bye. The pleasure bye. was all ours. And remember, question everything. And shut up and get a lawyer. Why do you hate Jurassic Park so much? Baby, you're tired. You say you don't need me for nothing. Why aren't you leaving? Baby, if you're tired. You say you don't need me for nothing. Why aren't you leaving? Baby, if you're tired. You say you don't need me for nothing. Why aren't you leaving? Another morning like it Why you always acting righteous Just let your head out and ride it Ride it now Oh, a lot of back and forth Fighting through a Macintosh Telling me it's all my fault You're gonna have to back this thing off You make your threats now with sticks or with songs I'm not too proud to admit when I'm wrong I break my back while you string me along Autumn's arriving, this feeling is gone Don't play with me, play with, don't play with me, play with me, make your move now Baby, if you're tired, you say you don't need me for nothing Why aren't you leaving? Baby, if you're tired, you say you don't need me for nothing Why aren't you leaving? Baby, if you're tired, you say you don't need me for nothing. Why aren't you leaving? Make it under the moon and like it. Why you always acting righteous? Just let your head out and ride it. Ride it now.
Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. In a world where people watch movies. I think I'm going to watch a movie. Sometimes they don't like what they see. I don't like this movie. But sometimes they look for the silver lining. Wait a second. I like this part of this movie. Joel and Andy do that work for you. The Silver Linings Playback. I like this part of this podcast where they tell me the part of the movie I like. Every Monday on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts.